the book of Romans in chapter 5. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have also by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than then, being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath from wrath through him. For if we were for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement. If you're just now joining us, we're in the book of Romans in chapter 5. Uh, we, we read down through verse 11. Uh, the thought is kind of on my heart, and it, it may carry us through next week as well. Is the uh, is is the the unitedness that we have with Christ, the fellowship that we have with Jesus, uh, and the fellowship that we have with each other. And in this uh, particular chapter, uh, and in this section of of chapters here in Romans, uh, kind of focuses on being united with Christ, being in fellowship with Christ, uh, and during especially in trying times, that is extremely. Uh, needful for us to realize exactly where our help comes from, for us to realize exactly uh, <clears throat> what type of relationship that we have with Christ. And so here in, in Romans in chapter 5, uh, as we begin, we, we read about this peace that we have with God. Uh, we're, we're justified by faith, and whenever we believe in faith and salvation, then are we justified. That is salvation. That is our redemption. And then we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we were, were born of man, because we were born into this world, we were sinners. There's nothing that any of us could do about that. There's, there's no way we could change it. There's no way we could justify ourselves. And because we were sinners, every action has a, a, a consequence. And so because we were sinners, uh, we, we were also uh, destined for hell. Uh, we were also destined for judgment. And so whenever Christ came and, and paid that ultimate price and was judged for my sins and for your sins, then, then we had that peace with God. We were no longer the, the center of his judgments. We, were then, uh, we, we then become the, uh, the, the one that he sent his son to die for, the one that he loved so much to offer an alternative to that judgment. Uh, to give us freely an alternative to that judgment. And so by doing that, he offered us a, a peace that we have with him. And so in that relationship and in any relationship that we have, uh, whether it's in a family or in a home or at work or even in a church, uh, for in order for that relationship to strive, we have to have, excuse me, we have to have peace in that relationship. If there's constant fussing and fighting back and forth, 
then we don't have peace. If, if there is no communication in that relationship, we don't have peace. But because of the faith, because of the, the, the believing that we did in Jesus Christ, we have that faith and, and that peace with God. And we have the peace through our relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the, the intermediary, the mediator uh, between us and God. And so because of him, we have salvation. Because of him, we have that peace. And in the same way, because of Jesus Christ, we have that relationship with God. And so the, the first thing that we jump into whenever we start dissecting our relationship with Christ is our ultimate relationship with, uh, I'm sorry, whenever we look at our relationship with Christ, we first have to look at our relationship with God. And whenever we began on opposite ends of the spectrum, whenever we began, even God loved us. And, and we read about that down in uh, down in verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us regardless. But we entered into a, a, a more uh, stable, a uh, more meaningful relationship whenever we believed on his son Jesus and, and accepted that uh, salvation. Uh, for, for verse 6 says, For when we were... Yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Whenever we had nothing, whenever we were, whenever we were nothing, Christ still died for us. God uh, allowed Him to come. He allowed Him to be that propitiation, and so that began that relationship with Christ and that relationship with God. Uh, whenever we believed on Him in salvation, in verse two it says, "By whom also we have access." Uh, by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Whenever we enter into this relationship, it becomes a, a, a extremely beneficial partnership or relationship for, for us uh, because then we become, uh, we become children of God. And the children have certain benefits uh, that they're taken care of by their parents, at least in most cases. God looks after us, even in the midst of all the trouble and trials that we have. God looks after us in, in verse 3, and not only so, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work with patience, regardless of, of what comes our way. And, and whenever, even whenever we're, we're um, whooped or, or scolded or, or anything, uh, chasing, that's the word I'm looking for, even whenever we're chasing, we understand that it's for our good. We understand that, that God is doing it uh, for us. Whenever tribulations come, whenever trials come, uh, whenever things don't quite go the way we think they should, uh, God is still working it for our benefit because we have that, that father-son connection with him. We have that relationship with him through his son, Jesus. And so whenever he sends trials and tribulations in our way, let's not forget verse 2 where it says to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God because regardless of what this world may throw at us, uh, or there, there's a better world to come. And so whenever we lose our, our grasp on that, we lose a big chunk of that relationship with Christ and that relationship with God. And so it says, not only so, but in verse 3, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Whenever God allows things to come our way, it, it, works, it works patience. And that's a difficult trait, uh, no doubt, for most of us. But whenever, uh, whenever it works patience, it says impatience, experience, and experience hope. Whenever these things come our way and God brings us out on the other side, it, it gives us a greater 
a vision of hope than we have ever seen before. It gives us a greater understanding of God's power whenever he's, whenever we can see the way that he's brought us through these things and whenever we see the way he's taking care of us. And so whenever these trials and tribulations come our way, uh, we understand that because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, because he loved us enough to send his son, because he loved us enough to give everything that he had to us, whenever he loved us enough not to condemn us for the wrongs and the sins that we have done, whenever he loved us enough to send his only son, it says the Holy Ghost in our hearts, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So not only did God give us his son, he also gave us the Holy Ghost, which is within us. Verse six, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. While we could do nothing, while no doubt we were even fighting God, and he knew we would do it, he still sent Jesus for us. Even while we were, in verse 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says in verse 7, that scarcely for a righteous man will one die, and for a good man some would even dare to die, but for for the, the scum of the earth, if you will, for the for the Hitler and the Stalin and those Osama bin Laden, people are not going to say, I'm, I'm going to lay down my life so that this person may live, but Jesus did. For each and every person who's ever walked the face of the earth, Jesus did, and he, he did it, and God did it as well, uh, out of a, an extreme amount of love, out of love that, that we really can't wrap our minds around, that we can't wrap our head around. And so whenever we start talking about a relationship with Christ, we look at the peace that has been made between us and God. We look at the, the relationship that has been established. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled by God, verse 10, by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. By the sacrifice Jesus made, we entered into eternal life and, and eternal uh, commitment and eternal relationship with God uh, and eternal trusting in him. Uh, turning loose of everything that this world may hold for us, trusting in him with everything that we had. And we enter into this with God. And we're going to continue down in verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed unto all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had, sinned, that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions, who is the figure of him that was to come. So whenever Adam sinned, whenever him and Eve just, just messed up in the garden, uh, that, that kind of doomed all humanity. Uh, and, and I've heard people joke about it, and there's a lot of people that, that joke about it, but in all reality, that's the way it worked. And so whenever we, whenever we see Jesus, whenever we see the the figure of, of him that came after Adam, we see him as the second Adam. Uh, we see him as the one who came to fulfill the law. And so after uh, after Adam messed up, God gave him a, a set of rules. He, he only really told him one thing. He said, don't eat of the tree, and he broke that. And so then he, he doomed all men to die and go to hell. And so after that, God, had to, God uh, initiated the law. And so whenever Jesus came, he did away with the law. Uh, he, he fulfilled the law, if you will. Didn't do away with it, but he fulfilled it. Verse 15 says, But not as the offense, so as is a free, so also is a free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath, Christ 
hath abundant, abounded unto many. And not as it was by the one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more than they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. And so whenever we we read this, we're, we're talking about the, the same way that Adam condemned the human race, Jesus saved it. In the same way that Adam uh, just doomed all the human race by one man's offense, by one man's mess up, in the same way, by one man's free gift, by one man's giving of everything that he had, by Jesus Christ coming to this world and, and taking upon himself our sins and upon himself our judgment, uh, that, that free gift. And the word free gift is, is used in here several times. It, it kind of gives a lot of emphasis on exactly what it is. Whenever we're talking about gifts, we're talking about something that is, uh, is, is usually given out of love. And there, there's no greater picture of love than Jesus on the cross with his arms open wide reaching out for you and me. It says in verse 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment, of one judgment came by, they need a comma there. Therefore, as by one, the offense of one, judgment came up all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came unto all men unto justification of life. That's what we just said. Uh, just by, by the offense of one, judgment came unto every one of us. And, and then we see the, the second Adam here, as is, is Jesus is often referred to in this chapter. He, he's, he's saying that, that, that Jesus gave humankind a second chance. Jesus came and, and fulfilled the law. And, and so the same way, by the righteousness of one, by the perfection of one, the free gift came unto all men, upon all men, unto the justification of life. And so through this, this relationship with Christ, through our, our salvation and our relationship with him, we receive the, the justification of, of, of the one. Uh, and that's where our salvation comes from. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, men were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Death can only take us so far. Sin can only take us so far. And, and if we were to die in, this, in a sinful nature in this world, if, if we were to die without Christ, then that would that would be the end of it. It would be death and hell for all eternity. And and that's that's what Adam cost us, uh, because he, because well, it says that that by his offense, by one man's disobedience, we were made sinners. In the same way, by one man's obedience, by Jesus submitting to God's will, by Jesus, uh, they they there's a song. It says they searched through heaven. I think Jesus volunteered. Uh, you don't have that kind of love and, and not step forward. And so no doubt uh, Jesus volunteered and, and he gave everything that he had for us by one man's obedience. Shall many be made righteous? And no doubt we're not made uh, completely righteous in the flesh. Our soul is cleansed. 
Uh, our soul is, is sealed for all eternity. And where sin had once reigned in verse 21, even so grace might reign through righteousness unto eternal life. And then we leave that last sentence right there. It says, by Jesus Christ, our Lord. We see Jesus here coming and, and taking us from a place that, that we couldn't pick ourselves up from. He pulls us out of a place that, that the psalmist says that it was a, a deep pit in the miry clay. He, he said he, he, he pulled us right on up out. He saved us. We didn't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. He did it out of love. That relationship that, that we have whenever we get saved, it, it all stems from love. Whenever we trust in Jesus Christ, in order to, to truly love someone, you, at some level you have to trust them, at least a little bit. But whenever we learn to truly trust in Jesus and, and whenever we receive that salvation, our love for God should grow each and every day. Whenever we realize and recognize everything that God is, has done for us and continues to do for us, our love for Him should grow each and every day. We're going to catch the beginning of chapter 6 as well. Uh, because at one point in time, we were all in this shape. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism, by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of his Father, even so we also shall walk in the newness of life. Salvation not only created the relationship that we could have with Christ, with Christ, excuse me, salvation freed us. Salvation turned us loose. And if, if you can't remember the, the terrible, awful shape you were in whenever you were lost, then, then God bless you because it was terrible. And it, it wasn't terribly awful that long ago for me. I can, I can still remember that. I hope as long as my mind holds, I won't ever forget it. But but we were in terrible shape before we accepted Jesus as our Savior. Before God burdened our, our, our heart and before we came to Him, we were in terrible shape. We were in awful shape. We were we were sins. We were dead to sin. Uh, we were, the, and they use the word in here, it's, it's, we were slaves to sin. Uh, sin had a hold on us that we couldn't shake. And so in the, in the same way that uh, well, chapter 5 talks about salvation in the same way that, that Jesus loved us in the same way that Adam's disobedience caused sin that Jesus' obedience took away sin and so whenever we accepted him as our savior uh, we became righteous and then chapter 6 begins on baptism it says therefore verse 4 that we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of his father even so we also should walk in newness of life. A lot of people are saying, and they'll argue, and I'll argue with somebody about this. Not out of meanness or, or stubbornness, but, but because I have Bible for it, it says that, that we also should walk in newness of life. Newness of life. It is hard for somebody to get saved and not change. It really is. If someone truly gets saved, then, then their life has to change. And if, if you're listening and you're saved, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. People may not immediately see a reaction on the outside, or, or even sometimes they may. But your life is going to change, even if you live a good life. Your love for God is, is going to create a change because you're walking in that newness of life. For if we have been planted, verse 5, together in the likeness of his death, 
we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. The body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin because we have a new master. Whenever, whenever we're saved, those chains that bound us to sin were, were broken. Our body is crucified, that the body of sin, our old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, yes, we mess up. Yeah, yes, we're gonna sin. By the help of God, we can limit it. But we're men. We're 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 gonna mess up. We're human. But it said that we should not serve sin. That word "serve" there kind of means to bow to, to 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 give in to on a on a regular basis. Uh, Whenever you serve something, it's, it's sometimes it means kind of regular uh, and not exactly just a one-time deal. And so whenever we're, whenever we're saved, whenever we become baptized, whenever we become that new child of God, whenever we enter into that relationship, we are to become a new person. Our faith is to increase. Our prayer life is to increase. Uh, people should see a joy. They should see that hope. Uh, they, should, they should hear about it as well. Because we have something to, to share with the whole world. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that with him we shall also... I'm sorry. We believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in he that liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. No more are we slaves to sin. No more is, is sin in the fleshly nature our, our master uh, because we are then raised, we are alive unto God. Whenever we're saved, we are to serve God. Whenever we're saved, we're to understand that, that the relationship with God is is oftentimes father-son, but it is also servant-master through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 12, Let not sin reign therefore in your mortal body, that you should obey the lust, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Here he's saying in verse 11 that, that not only should we not allow ourselves to be uh, slaves to sin, but we shouldn't allow anything that we do. We shouldn't allow our members. We shouldn't allow the, the, the extensions of, of, our, of our body, of our life, uh, we shouldn't allow anything that we do to to be considered sin. Uh, to to be it's a it's a sad statement. Uh, I heard it several years ago, and and it's, it's it's true. Religion has given God a bad name because all too often, in the name of religion and and professing to be Christians, and and. We're all guilty of it at some point. We're, we're going to mess up and people are going to see that in us. But whenever whenever someone allows themselves uh, to be used 
uh, by sin, whenever they allow sin to reign in their body, then then it becomes an issue of of well, this person says he's a Christian. Look at the way he's living. Do I do I want to be that kind of Christian? Do I want to be that kind of person? We allow ourselves to be used of of sin, and and it becomes a stumbling block to to those that that need God the most. And then whenever we yield our members, whenever we allow our members, our life, our the things that we have in our life, our words, uh, the the Bible talks about how dangerous the tongue can be. Whenever we allow these to become instruments for the devil, and we get ourselves in a bad place, we dig ourselves in a hole that, that a lot of times it is difficult to recover from. The Bible says in Proverbs that a good name is, is a great thing. Uh, it talks about being better than than gold. But whenever you lose that good name, whenever whenever you lose that influence, then the the name is no longer better than great riches. the The name is is no longer worth nothing. You can no longer be used as an instrument of God. Whenever you lose your reputation with with the people of this world, whenever they they, whenever you allow you, yourself to be used as an instrument of unrighteousness. It takes a long time to turn that around to be used as an instrument of righteousness for God. Verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Verse 15, What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves as yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. We talked a, a couple of times ago about uh, where your treasure is, uh, there will your heart be also. Whenever you serve, uh, whichever direction you fall, whichever side of the fence you end up on, uh, whether you serve sin or whether you serve righteousness, that's, that's the direction that you're going to head is sin unto death. But obedience of God unto righteousness. We all serve one or the other throughout the day. We all serve one or the other throughout our life. Verse 17, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Regardless of, of how long we may have, have served sin, regardless of how long we may have messed up, regardless of how long we may have been hypocritical, or judgmental of others, or, or what kind of reputation we may have uh, got up on ourselves, or, or the way people may look at us, regardless of what could happen, we can be made free from sin because we are under grace. If you're here and lost, you're, you're a servant to sin. You're you're a slave to sin. You're you're bound. You you can't get loose unless God breaks the chains. Unless you ask Jesus into your heart and and believe on Him into the saving of your soul. At which point you're made free from sin and become the servant of righteousness. If you're here and saved and and you're still serving sin, God is a just God. He won't allow sin to go unpunished, but He is a just and faithful God, full of grace, ever to forgive us of our sin. That we should no longer be servants of sin. That we should be made free from sin and become the servants of righteousness. Verse 23, and we'll close. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
Whenever we leave this world, we're going in one direction or the other. Oftentimes, people either say we're going up or down. The Bible says a straighter, a straight and narrow, or the wide and broad. But friend, we're either going to heaven or hell. We're either going to allow ourselves to be taken by sin and, and ultimately serve death and uh, the second death there is and, and end up in hell. Or we're going to allow ourselves uh, to be used of God. We're going to allow ourselves to be saved. And so my prayer to God today is that each and every person listening and, and each and every person in the world that we come in contact with uh, would accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And if you're here and not saved, just know that, that tomorrow is not promised. Uh, that, that if you don't accept Jesus Christ, then a slave to, to sin and to death, you'll be forever. If you hear and are saved and, and things have slipped, things have, have changed and taken a turn, especially in the, the difficult times that we live, we're, we're out of the habit of getting up and going to church and joining with everybody. And, and it's, it's easy to slip, but, but don't, let, don't let yourself or even your members become slaves to sin. Don't allow yourself to, to be used of the devil but maintain your relationship with god maintain your relationship with christ that that you could be free from the the sin the slavery of sin and that we that we can that we can become obedient unto righteousness let us pray heavenly father thank you for blessing all of us with health and strength be safe out here again this afternoon god thank you for the wonderful day that you blessed us with God, thank you for your wonderful word in it that we have uh, the uh, bountiful knowledge from you. God, help us that we could open our hearts and receive it. Help us that we could increase in our faith. God, help us that we could increase in our relationship with you, that we could recognize uh, the importance of not yielding ourselves to sin, the, of, of not yielding ourselves to be children of disobedience, God. But help us that on a daily basis we could crucify this flesh. And we can serve you and seek your will in our life and everything that we say or do. God, be with those uh, requests for prayer. Most of all, have mercy on that soul nearest hell. And they can turn and accept you as their Savior before we everlasting too late. Be with us throughout the afternoon. All you preacher brothers and churches everywhere. Forgive us for we fail you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Appreciate everybody joining us today. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if if you missed something, uh, whenever this video posts, you can rewind and go back and watch. Uh, please share Harmony's Facebook page. Uh, share the video. Uh, you become a missionary by sharing the Word of God. Uh, and nobody ever knows the impact that it can potentially have, especially with social media platforms, uh, how far they can go. Uh, and we're planning on having a drive-in service at Harmony on Sunday morning. If you don't have a church family or if your church is currently not meeting, uh, yeah, we're, we're social distancing. We're staying in the vehicle. Um, but we are going to have a drive-in service uh, Sunday morning, 1030 at Harmony Baptist Church. Uh, if you can come, we would love to have you. If you can't, pray for us. Continue to be in prayer for those uh, those requested prayer, our country, our leaders, uh, those affected by this virus, uh, the, the sick, the suffering. Also, the, the preachers and the churches that are facing things that they've, they've never faced before. And, and pray for each other that through this time we could not lose fellowship with each other that we cannot lose, more importantly, fellowship with God. And then above all, pray for the lost, because there's a lost and dying world out there that needs Jesus in a desperate way. Uh, my prayer is that, that each and every one of us can be used of God in that way. I appreciate you tuning in, and good Lord willing, we'll see you all Sunday morning. Thank you.